Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome to the Epiphany of Theodosius Pennington. This is the greatest radio comedy that was never released. And that is the results of a survey by me and Russell Goma. I'm Howell Evans. This is Russell Goma. He joins me from um, the valleys in South Wales. He's at the top of a, uh, almost the top of a mountain. Very steep hill, mate. Very, very steep hill. Yep, you see, the Russell is in um, uh, Stella, the TV series. That's just one of the things Russell was f- plunged into after the success of Theodosius Pennington, which... Never left my hard drive. It was deep in my hard drive as well, mate. I've got to say, always been dear to my hard drive. How would you describe what we did to people who just joined us? And why on earth are we talking? Why why aren't we just putting it up there? Why are we actually introducing it? The problem is with the way that we work together is we make things very complex and convoluted. With a little bit of explanation and understanding, you can see it like I do. Because anyone who's ever made anything knows that when you listen back to what you've done or when you watch back what you've done, you just see the holes in it. You can kind of notice what's missing. And Well, with this one, we made it so dense that... Actually Actually, you do need to listen to it a few times in order to understand it. But some of some amazing performances are in there by some brilliant people. Star of the show really is Ian Conningham, who is now you know a big star of the West End. I think there's websites about him. He's a genius of the voice, and he plays what is I think the most important character that Russell and I are going to try and turn into something else, maybe a TV series called Brian Hovis. It is an adventure story told by Brian Hovis, who is an adventurer that Ian plays really well. He talks classically about the things that he does, but he is also a complete failure at the same time. And Ian's delivery of that heroicism put up against the failure is, I think, brilliant. The narrator of the whole thing, and there are about four different forms of narration in it, but the the first voice you hear is Simon Armstrong, who has been in Game of Thrones now he's done lots of acting simon a wonderful lovely man the other narrator is is russell here playing simon mary who is a man with two women's names see what we did there and he um he's he's about to go through a divorce he's struggling um and then his voice he is reading the story of brian hovis to his son as a bedtime story and that's when brian hovis's voice blends in and we get into that story but framing all of this is a story about aliens. Framing all of this is Theodosius Pennington is a man who's standing on top of a roof naked and he has no idea why. And there are some aliens that are in search of somebody. And could it be Theodosius that they're looking for? Well, we will find out. There's one more thing you need to understand. In the introduction, there's another question that is posed at the very beginning, which is who is Jürgen Ferbelson? Jürgen Ferbelson 
is always in a, a state of... Um... He's usually doing something... He's been in the middle of doing something domestic mm. or DIY of some kind and ends up in a terribly dangerous position. Uh, an accident has happened or he's, uh, he's doing the patio, laying down some concrete and accidentally concretes his floor. His, his feet, <laughs> yeah. Concretes his foot yeah. into the floor. Um I think when we first meet him, he's hanging upside down from... Uh, uh, hanging upside down from the, stuff, the, yeah, the landing, some, I think. The landing, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but, yeah. And, and yet there's a kind of... Difficulty. There's a calmness and a happiness to him and also a complete lack of awareness as to who he is. Um, and he seems to know as much about him as we do. So, yes. so we just get this small introduction. So what you're about to hear is part one of Theodosius Bennington. We split it into two to help digestion. Part one, you're going to hear about Jürgen Ferbelson, then Theodosius Pennington standing on top of the roof, and then we're going to get into the story of Brian Hovis. We're led into that story by Simon Mary, played by Russell. Shall we listen to part one? Oh, yes, please. Look, stranger, at this planet now. Floating serenely and politically incorrect in its lonely corner of the Milky Way. It is hard to tell when tens of miles above the Earth that there is so much going on, unknown and undreamt of by most of its inhabitants, dramatic and mysterious beyond their wildest imaginings. And it is hard to tell that behind just one of the perhaps larger, more affluent sequin glimmers of light, a fashionable detached dwelling on a hill in Budley Salterton, that extreme indecision has wrapped itself around the mind of the man called Jürgen Ferbelson, as he hangs upside down over the stairwell, his leg trapped around a banister, his new vacuum cleaner clutched in his right hand, a yellow duster in the other. Motes of dust swirl elegantly in the moonbeam. He follows their spiralling dance with his large and liquid eyes, as a sort of slack hopelessness smooths his face into an expression of slack hopelessness. Some of the tiny dancers settle mockingly on the sleeve of his dark red velvet smoking jacket, and daintily he brushes them away and once again they take up the dance. But we shall leave the man called Jürgen Ferbelson for now. Let us wing our way across the indigo expanse of cloud-filled sky. Oh, I love the speed. How I do love this speed. Mind that stealth bomber. And onward, now, to the church below, where a man stands naked and alone atop the tower next to a stone gargoyle. His name is Theodosius Pennington. Unshaven and shivering, his head aches, and a stupid dumbness plagues his thinking, as though of vodka he had drunk, yet no alcohol has passed his Corinthian lips. His hand strokes the head of the gargoyle, his fingers delicately follow the grain of the stone. Pigeons coo from the buttresses and strut around his well-proportioned feet like they own the place or something. Oh, hello, little pigeons. Yet sorry I'm not very talkative, but I'm quite confused tonight. I know I'm naked, and I know I'm here, but I don't know how or where or why. I'm quite traumatised at the moment. What's that, Pab? 
No, sorry, I don't. But there's very few surprises in the Premier Division. I suppose it's all glamour and fast-paced action at the price of predictability nowadays. Thunder growls in the distance, and he raises his face to the sky. The night settles into its deepest dark. Then his eyes narrow at the ominous play and chiaroscuro of light, growing in intensity in an oddly low and fast-moving cloud unerringly approaching his position. Yea, and thrice yea to the awareness of our nested cosmic consciousness. What is your name, human? My name. What is your name? Theo. This is not on the list of possibilities. Very well, we do not require your presence, human. For the purposes of dramatic tension, we must leave him now standing nervously amongst the pigeons like some timorous St. Francis of Assisi. And to save time, we will simply appear above a particular house in leafy Surrey. There. Simon Mary is on the phone to a colleague. But, as proof for you, David, it says here, as I've been saying for years, that Rachman's orgasmic ergonomic states that when two quasi-concepts are randomly created from chaotic promulgation scenarios, the resulting proto-logic can only be serialised as an identifiable and eschatological ideology. Do I have to spell it out for you every time, David? Oh, forget it! Yes, Simon Mary here. Hello, dear. Who is this? It's Nicola, dear. You know, your wife. I sort of vaguely remember, yes. Everything all right, darling? Really quite hunky-dory, actually. Lost my job at the department today. According to old Sweeney, I've not had a single new idea for months. Which is, of course, a bloody joke coming from him. You know, he's old... Here, I'm not coming home this evening. Oh, surprise, surprise. I've missed the last train and I've got an early start, so I'm bedding down at Veronica's place. What, Peter Veronica's place? He likes to be called Angelica now. Angelica Veronica. It's laughable. I could laugh if he was gay. <laughs> there, I just did anyway. Yes, dear. Oh, God, where did it all go wrong, Nicola? We'll talk about it tomorrow, Simon. Kiss Philip goodnight for me. Philip! Yes, um, goodbye. Mister, I, I finished. Philip! <gasps> okay then, Philip. There's a good boy. Daddy's proud you've finished having your pee-pee. And you've been cutting your hair as well. Just hand the razor back to Dad. Great. And I'm your daddy. Don't call me Mr. Okay. So, into bed, is it? Mummy makes me wear pyjamas. Yes, I know, but you wouldn't believe some of the things Mummy makes me wear. Not anymore, though. Straight into bed. Good boy. Night-night. Mind the things biting. I've got my shoes on. Good boy, good boy. Night-night. Good night. Mummy reads me a story before bed. Yes, of course. That's why I've got this book. <laughs> Let's see. Rachman's ergonomics. No, 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 no. Ah, here's one. A treatise on the way things really are. A spiritual and metaphysical examination of the truths denied us by Brian Hovis. I've not heard that one, mister. No, neither have I. Right. From the start, here we go. I put my hand on my heart and simply say to you now that there exists in this world a tremendous secret. And I'm not talking metaphysical bollocks. Oh, no. My research has led me to a truth that is vast and awesome and terrible. And so I write this in an attempt to bring this knowledge to the light of the consciousness of mankind and thereby save us all. So, reader, take a deep breath and a large slug of whiskey. Oh. Here you go, Philip. No, thanks, mister. Suit yourself. Where were we? Ah, and so I begin to unfold. 
I first stumbled on this incredible and complex truth on the, 20th on the 22nd of October 1999, whilst heading an archaeological dig near Pichcopachco in Peru. The dig was a complete fucking waste of time, however, during one of our usual Monday night games of strip poker whilst tripping on mescaline, an event the boys and I had always anticipated with gusto, we were interrupted by a rather domestic and impassive official from the Pitchkopachkian Civil and Choral Planning Department, who excitedly bade me follow him into the depths of the old quarter of the town, whilst gesticulating wildly. I bid you follow me, senor, into the depths of the old quarter of the town, whilst gesticulating wildly. We set off at a good pace, through the dark and dilapidated alleyways, my gesticulating growing in confidence as the moon rode between the sky and the buildings, until finally we stood within the ruined ladies' toilets of the long-abandoned Pitchkapatchkian Museum of Ancient Musical and Fertility Instruments. The civil and choral Pitchkapatchkian's face creased as his hand delicately probed around inside the cistern. His eyes lit up as he found the object of his search. He was handing me a faded parchment. It seemed to be a kind of letter addressed to someone called Blix, but this was no ordinary written letter. For as I opened the scroll, an eerie light sprang from the page, growing in the darkness before us. I instantly recognized it as some kind of fiendish holographic image. In seconds, a great scaly green entity floated before us, and just as I realized I could not release my hold from the parchment, it spoke. Yea, and thrice yea, to the awareness of our nested cosmic consciousness. For we are the Blicks from the system of Glibits, known and held in respect by all in the Continuum. I, Dildo Blix, send this epistle to you, Bolax Blix, safe in our homeworld of Glibits Prime. How is the gout, by the way? Not stopping you from getting out of the dome once in a while, I hope. Anyway, was it really only a decade ago that we stood in the caverns of Callisto and listened in awe to the words of the great 374th ubiquitous progenitor, marshal of the secret squadrons, dilatory leader of the Blix, our boss, when he said, Hello, I'm here. Hello there. Hello. As you know, many years ago, my great, 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 Grandfather, the 127th ubiquitous progenitor, re-engineered the great messiah gene in some humans, just two of them, in the hope that the gene would have manifested itself in the right way for us to commune with one of their descendants on a new spiritual level. The time is now. The humans' race will be a fruitful, peace-loving, all-intelligent race. Valuable to the rest of the cosmos. Right. We'll start in 30 days from now. In the meantime, just find something to do. I'm going incognito to Sweden for a month's break. You can pick me up there. Bye! Ah, my nourishing friend. 30 days later, I vibulated your primary rump tubes in farewell and made the short hop to Earth. But where was our great 374th ubiquitous progenitor? We have searched for him in vain, and even in Minsk, but without success. Soon we must consider performing the great inducement without him. 
And to that end, we will begin our search for the one human. The Interstellar Postal Service being what it is, I don't hold out much hope. I mean, this could end up in any twat's hands. The loathsome voice ceased its peroration, and what I had innocently mistaken for a scroll of parchment glowed intensely, for a moment, then disintegrated within my trembling hands. The room was completely silent, except for the constant drip-drip of water, my laboured breathing, the chittering of bats in the rafters, the tenor practicing scales in a tenement close by, a jet flying overhead, and a lorry rumbling down a hill outside. Sweet baby gazer! The civil and choral planning Pitchkapachkian, who all this while had been evacuating his bowels in a conveniently nearby toilet stall, shuffled towards me, his face, like mine, white with fear, his trousers forgotten around his ankles. We hugged each other, desperate for some little comfort. It was then that the door burst inwards to reveal the Pitchkapachkian chief of police and sanitation, wearing a moustache and a look of hardened contempt upon his little face. From a distance, my mind called out to me the phrase, Compromising position, Brian. Great cliffhanger there, ending part one of Theodosius Pennington, uh, the epiphany of Theodosius Pennington. So, yeah. uh, hope you enjoyed well, almost, it. Almost a little soupçon of structure there, yeah? Yeah. For that, that final line. Um uh, very rare for us. I think uh, we should be proud of that one. <laughs> it's almost like we meant it um, to be to be split into two and podcast ten years later. Um, okay, so join us next time for part two. And uh, if anyone wants to set up, you know, a Kickstarter fund, or um, if anyone wants to just give us, say, fifty grand, we'll we'll turn it into a TV series of some form. That would be great. Uh, that's not going to happen. But I hope you're enjoying it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Join us for part two. 